Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Old Radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 94 of season 4 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Don Amici and Francis Langford, co-host of the NBC Sunday night comedy show Dreamtime, sponsored by Procter & Gamble's Dream Shampoo from 1946 to 47. After Langford opened the show by singing a song with the orchestra, she and Amici would slip into various comedy routines, aided by co-stars Danny Thomas or Gail Gordon. The last half of the show featured Amici and Langford in their famous The Bickersons routine, with Langford playing the ultimate shrew of a wife to Amici's tortured, suffering husband. One of the earliest radio network comedy programs, Lum and Abner starred Chester Locke and Norris Goff and ran from 1931 to 1954. The show got its start on a local station in Hot Springs, Arkansas, with the two actors portraying hillbillies. The show got picked up by NBC and went national in 1932. After that contract expired in 33, Locke and Goff continued broadcasting on local Texas stations and then on WGN in Chicago and other Midwestern markets. WGN was a founding member of the Mutual Broadcasting System, and Lum and Abner was its most popular program. The show continued to grow in popularity, attracting larger sponsors, and eventually it appeared on all four radio networks. In 1948, the show changed from a 15-minute comedic soap opera format to a 30-minute self-contained show. A live studio audience, orchestra, more writers, and a larger budget transformed the series, but it dropped in popularity. In 1953, it returned to its original 15-minute format, but television had by then taken hold in America, and the show was dropped the following year. Now sit back and enjoy the May 18, 1947 broadcast of Dreamtime and the January 4th and January 7th, 1935 serial broadcasts of Lum and Abner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Hollywood, it's dream time. Now you can get a great new improved dream, the shampoo of lovely stars in Hollywood. The new miracle shampoo that lets your hair shine like the stars. Ladies and gentlemen, the makers of the new improved Dream Shampoo are pleased to present the Dream Show, produced by Carlton Alsop and starring Don Amici. Let me sleep, will you please, Blanche? Danny Thomas. It's a free country. I'm a citizen. And Francis Langford singing... Sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm blue, my disposition... Depends on you. I never mind the rain from the sky if I can find the sun in your eyes. Sometimes I love you, sometimes I hate you. But when I hate you, it's cause I love you. That's how I am. Sometimes I hate you 
Here's news from Hollywood. Thrilling beauty news about the greatest shampoo improvement in years. It's the great new improved Dream Shampoo. The miracle shampoo that means lovelier hair for Hollywood stars like Merle Oberon and lovelier hair for you. Yes, new improved Dream lets your hair shine like the stars the very first time you use it. For its quicker, richer, more active lather brings out far more sheen by actual test than any soap shampoo. And new improved Dream never dries out your hair, but actually helps guard against bothersome dryness. Now leaves your hair far easier to set, curl, and arrange. New improved Dream is at your dealers now in the familiar blue and yellow package. It's better for all types of hair. So do as Hollywood stars like Merle Oberon do. For hair that shines like the stars, use new improved D-R-E-N-E Dream Shampoo. Remember, your hair can have that Hollywood sheen the very first time you use New Dream. And here is your host for the evening, Don Amici. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening. Hello, Francis. Sorry I wasn't home when you dropped by this morning. I want to talk to you about Danny. I'm worried about him. You remember when he said I was his favorite girl last week? Yes. Well, he means it. Now he thinks I'm the sweetest and noblest creature that ever walked on earth. Well, when did you discover this? This morning. It was written all over my front sidewalk, and it took me half the day to scrub it off. Well, don't worry. Boys often become deeply infatuated with someone beyond their reach. Well, frankly, I'm, I'm very fond of Danny, but... Hello, everybody. You leave for a second, Francis, and I'll have a talk with him. Well, if it isn't Danny Thomas! <laughs> Don, Don, have you ever noticed how the leaves on the trees nestle in each other's arms? And how the honeybees stop at each fading flower? And how the blossoms dip their petals in sweet surrender? Well, it sounds like you've got yourself a girl. Yeah. Did you notice the difference it makes? You know, Don, I even comb my hair in the back now where it doesn't show. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's Francis, isn't it? Don, gentlemen of breeding do not bandy a lady's name about. I wasn't bandying. I was just saying it was Francis. Francis. I'll never forget the first time I saw her. I said to myself, there is a woman. Now, that's a shrewd observation. I'm in love with her. You in love? Let's face it, Don. There comes a time in every boy's life when his Lone Ranger badge becomes unimportant. You've been thinking a lot about girls lately, Danny. There are other things more important. Where do you think President Truman would be if he thought about girls all the time? At the YWCA. Where else? Really, <laughs> <Believe> John. <laughs> Francis is different from other girls. For her, I'd swim the deepest mountain. I'd climb the highest river. Why, I'd even cross Hollywood and Vine in a pedestrian zone. <laughs> dangerous, brother. Then you plan to marry her, I assume. Yes, and if we are married, who knows? Someday we may even be man and wife. <laughs> Danny, you're making a serious institution sound farcical. You don't deserve to be married. What have you got to offer, Francis? You realize how accomplished she is? She can sing, dance, swim, ride, pilot a plane. Oh, we'll get along fine. I'm a great cook. <laughs> Hello, Don. Hi, Danny. Hello, Francis. You're just the person I want to see here. I have a present for you. Oh, thank you. What is it? Chocolate-covered radishes. <laughs> <laughs> just what I've always wanted. Danny, I don't see how any girl could be romantic about you. Why? Fellas like me don't grow on trees. If they did, I'd be in favor of reforestation. <laughs> Frankly, I don't think you know what love is. You just have spring fever. Now, how do you know? Oh, the symptoms are obvious. Instead of dreaming about girls, you ought to spend your excess energy in something more suitable for you. Play with your chemistry set. Yeah, but... Go out and kick a football, then run around the block six times. When you're all finished, go home and take a good dose of sulfur and molasses. That's my prescription for you. Come oh, yeah, on, but... Francis, I'll buy you a soda. Wait a minute, Francis, Don. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, that big shot of Michi. He chills me. You know, he thinks he's a doctor right away. He's diagnosed. <laughs> I said, diagnose my case. Tells me I have spring fever. Who that guy. You don't know what love is, he says to me. I should have said I do, too. It's a tenth word in a telegram, I should have said. <laughs> Tried to insinuate that Francis wouldn't marry me. I should have said, listen, Don, I could marry any girl I please. Trouble is, I never pleased any of them. <laughs> Wise guy. Tells me about symptoms. I have spring fever. I've got the spring fever, and he walks off with Francis. I don't get it. He's not too slick for me. 
His tongue may be as sharp as a razor's edge, but his brain has already seen the best years of his life. That's all I can say. Describe sulfur and molasses. What a nerve he has trying to be a doctor. I could be my own doctor. Much better one than he is. I could be the greatest doctor in the world. Sure, why not? It's a free country. I'm a citizen. Gee, I can just see me now astounding the medical profession. All I need is 12 good doctor jokes and a musical bridge from Tom and Dragon. Nurse. Yes, doctor. Needle, please. Needle. Scissors. Scissors. Steady now. There. Done. Doctor, you're wonderful. Not a bad job. I don't think the patch will show unless I bend over. <laughs> doctor, you're remarkable. Oh, it's nothing really compared to some of my accomplishments. Did you know that I finally succeeded in isolating the Haemophilus germ? How exciting. How did you do it? Oh, I took it to an isolated part of town and left it there. <laughs> Amazing that no one ever thought of that before. Ah, that's because most doctors just look for the obvious. You take a glass of plain, ordinary milk, for instance. Do you realize the hidden properties it possesses? Hidden properties? Certainly. I've discovered that milk contains all the elements for a plastic strong enough to make automobile fenders. That's wonderful. What's so wonderful about it? Think of the poor farmer getting up four o'clock in the morning to milk a fender. <laughs> Are you Dr. Thomas? Yes, that'll be ten dollars, please. <laughs> but you, you haven't diagnosed my case yet That'll be $20, and please make it brief, I'm very busy But, but, I, but I, I don't know whether I can speak freely with you After all, I'm a woman Yes, I noticed that when you came in <laughs> Shall we dance? Oh, please, Doctor, I'm under a great nervous tension I've tried everything and nothing has helped I've gone mountain climbing in Switzerland Swimming in hot springs And skiing at Sun Valley And now I've come to you as a last resort Well, this isn't much of a resort But you could try sliding down the roll top Death. Please help me, Doctor If this terrible strain keeps up I'll, I'll find myself an old woman Why, you look and see if you can find me a young one Madam, why do you feel the need of a doctor? Well, I've been suffering from hallucinations lately. I, uh, I keep imagining that little men are following me wherever I go. Oh, I see. You want to know how to get rid of the little men? No, I want to know how to catch them. <laughs> Obviously, madam, you're suffering from a severe shock. Has anything frightened you lately? Well, just the other night, a, a burglar broke into my house. What did you do? I immediately locked all the doors and windows, but he managed to get to the phone and call the police. <laughs> Dr. Thomas speaking. Yes? Hmm. Hmm. No, Mrs. Oakford, I can't leave the office. I'll have to examine your floating rib here. Wait until it's high tide and float it over. <laughs> and now, madam, to get back to you, I'll have to call in my assistant for consultation. Oh, uh, Dr. Amici. Yes? Hmm. <laughs> You've had your ear to the keyhole. How do you think we should treat this woman? Well, the first thing in cases like this is to have the patient sheared and clipped. <laughs> sheared and clipped? You'll have to forgive Dr. Amici. He used to work in a cat and dog hospital. <laughs> Amici, I've told you a hundred times, we don't shear and clip the patients here. Just clip them. <laughs> Allow me to examine her, Dr. Thomas. Madam, will you please say, ah. 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 Stick around, folks. You'll get back to the dialogue in a minute. <laughs> I can't see a thing wrong with her. I can. She's suffering from a malaprop diversion of the upper cardiac diaphragm and the neuromuscular system. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. The medical book, they're full of words. <laughs> There's some cure for me. I don't know. After all, I'm only a doctor. <laughs> but let me tell you about a new drug I just invented. There are many mental giants who've contributed to science in ways that will last forever. But I've recently surpassed them, outmaneuvered and outclassed them in this wonderful field of endeavor. Alphabetamite! <laughs> Salsatyrazine. Salsatyrazine. <laughs> and penicillin. <laughs> have made their claim to fame. But I've discovered a formula. 
That puts them all to shame. I've discovered sulfahyathia parapentanilamide. Doctors will adore it. It's miraculous, stupendous, it's the most amazing cure. But there is no disease for it. <laughs> if you have no sulfahyathia parapentanilamide, run right out and buy it. And in case you've eaten poison mushrooms and you're very sick, I recommend the change of the diet. If you're really ill, just take one pill. It's the only thing for you. For this miracle drug kills every bug. And you know what? Kills the patient, too. <laughs> you can see the sulfahyathia parapentanilamide is a faulty fixer. So the best thing if you're ailing is to bury yourself in work, unless you're a concrete mixer. <laughs> Ain't that silly? <laughs> but it's better than sulfahyathia parapentanilamide. Do you know what's making news in Hollywood? It's the great new improved green shampoo. The shampoo that means lovelier hair for Hollywood stars and lovelier hair for you. Among the shining Hollywood stars to discover new improved green is Merle Oberon. Listen, here's what she said. My hair now has the most glorious sheen, thanks to new green. Yes, here at last is a miracle shampoo that lets your hair shine like the stars the very first time you use it. For its quicker, richer, more active lather brings out far more sheen by actual tests than any soap shampoo. And new improved green never dries out your hair, but actually helps guard against bothersome dryness. Leaves your hair far easier to set, curl, and arrange. New improved green is at your dealers now in the familiar blue and yellow package. It's better for all types of hair. So do as Hollywood stars like Merle Oberon do. For hair that shines like the stars, use new improved D-R-E-N-E Green Shampoo. Remember, your hair can have that Hollywood sheen the very first time you use new Dream. <laughs> And now our lovely dream girl, Frances Langford, joins Carmen Dragon and his orchestra to sing Dancing in the Dark. Have you love 
And we can face the music together in the Donna Beachy and Francis Langford as John and Blanche Bickerson with Danny Thomas as Brother Amos in The Honeymoon is Over, written by Phil Rapp. The Bickersons have retired. Mrs. Bickerson rises in sympathetic anguish at 2 o'clock in the morning as poor husband John, victim of contagious insomnia or Schmoe's disease, Broadcast the telltale symptoms during the crucial stage of the dread ailment. Listen. I've never been so sick in all my life, and you won't let me get a minute's sleep. I don't feel well. What hurts you, Blanche? Everything hurts me. Call Dr. Marvin. You don't need Dr. Marvin. I'll take care of you. Tell me where it hurts. It's those clams we had tonight. I didn't want to eat them, but you kept insisting. You kept telling me clams are healthy. Well, clams are healthy. They are not. They are, too. Did you ever hear one complain? (laughs) I ate more than you did, and I feel perfectly horrible. I mean, fine. Where does it hurt you? I think I'm poisoned. My whole body aches, and I've got a terrible shooting pain between my shoulder blades. Well, lie still, and I'll fry you some cucumbers and hot root beer. Fried <laughs> cucumbers and hot root beer? Make a new man of you. You just want to finish me off, that's all. Oh, Blanche, I'm only going to make a poultice out of it. It draws out the pain. It's a new medical discovery. What's the matter with an old-fashioned mustard plaster? Okay, I'll fix you an old-fashioned mustard plaster. Where's the bourbon? <laughs> bourbon? What's that for? To soak the mustard plaster. John Bickerson. Don't worry, I'll scrape the mustard off first. Where's the bottle? I'm not going to stick any bourbon-soaked plaster on my back. You don't stick it on your back. You hold it over your mouth and squeeze it. <laughs> Put on the lights. I will not. I don't want you to touch me. I'll bet you're not sick at all. You just thought this pain up to keep me awake. Why don't you leave me alone? I can just hear you saying that to Gloria Goosby. Why should I say that to Gloria Goosby? Why, indeed. If you were married to Gloria Goosby, she wouldn't stand for any of your nonsense. I'm not married to her, and she stands for a lot more of my nonsense than you do. (laughs) I mean, why do I care what she stands for? I despise Gloria Goosby, and you know it. Then why does she keep staring at you like she's hypnotized? She doesn't stare. Just that she wears those outlandish dresses, and they bring out her eyes. (laughs) They bring yours out, too. Now, look. Let's make a pact never to mention that woman's name again as long as we live. Well, I keep thinking there's something between you. I swear, I don't know she's alive. She doesn't mean more to you than I do? She means even less to me than you do. I don't like the way that sounded. Well, don't go looking for hidden meanings. Now, if you're really sick, I'll do anything you want to make you feel better. Now, if you feel okay, all I ask is that you let me have a few hours sleep. Now, is that fair enough? Well, I did have a little headache before, but now I've lost it. It isn't lost. I've got it. (laughs) 
morning. When I go to work, I'm bleary-eyed, and, and I stumble around the office in a stupor. I don't know how much longer my boss is going to stand for it. Why do you stumble around, John? Well, because I don't get enough sleep. I'm completely debilitated. And only last week, I failed to pass an insurance examination. Was it the same examination you had before? Well, certainly. Then why didn't you copy the answers off of the old policy? It's not answers they want. They give you a medical checkup. And apparently, I'm not such an ideal physical specimen. I think you're wonderful. You've got the nicest legs of any man I ever saw. I don't think I'm long for this world. Am I responsible for it, John? No. I am, too. I know I am. John, can I talk to you? Sure. Go ahead and talk. I've been thinking about how we quarrel all the time, and I'm sure we love each other as much as any other married couple, and I know they must have their little arguments, maybe more than... John! You said I could talk to you. Well, am I stopping you? I want you to listen. Okay. I didn't know your health was bad, and I'm worried. If anything happened to you, I'd blame myself for not taking the proper precautions. So you know what I think? What do you think, Blanche? I think you ought to make out a will. (laughs) Make out a will? I thought you were worried about me. Well, you don't want to leave me at the mercy of all those grasping relatives of yours, do you? The minute you drop dead... Don't talk like that! Can't you say, pass on or something like that? Well, you always say drop dead. Oh, well, that's only when I'm talking to your brother Amos. <laughs> you should be a little more delicate when you're discussing wills. Why? Well, because you make it sound like I'm going to go any minute. Well, they don't give you two weeks' notice, you know. <laughs> you just told me you couldn't get any more insurance. Oh, I can get all the insurance I want. But I don't care. You should make out a will just the same. Okay, I'll make it out tomorrow. You say it, but you won't do it. (laughs) Get up and do it now. What? Go on, get up and make out a will. Why, you're out of your mind. In the first place, a will isn't legal unless you have two witnesses. And in the second place, I haven't got anything to leave in the first place. (laughs) Unless you're thinking of that phony stock your thieving brother sold me. What phony stock? Those 500 shares of Kentucky Saltpeter. They're not worth the paper they're written on. Nobody's going to take anything, and I don't need a will. You're the most stubborn man that ever lived, John. Why? Why am I stubborn? It's the hardest thing in the world to make you admit I'm right when you know I'm wrong. <laughs> There's the woman's logic for you. Suppose I do make out a will, and nobody can touch anything except you. Okay. So now you got all my worldly goods. First thing you know, you get over your grief, and... Marry a guy without a dollar to his name. Like that broken-down snore specialist, Dr. Marvin. Oh, I'm not going to marry anybody. He'll give up his practice and take you for every penny. My hard-earned money. The little possessions I slave for. He'll drive my brand-new car. Drink my bourbon. Loaf around like a prince. John! Why don't you make the bum get a job, Blanche? <laughs> John, what got into you? Well, why did you start all this talk about wills? Well, I'll tell you. Amos just got a job as a notary public. Amos. And he gets $2 for every seal he puts on a will. I knew he was at the bottom of it, that chiseling grafter. There's nothing wrong with my brother Amos. No. You're just jealous because he thinks of ways to make a living without working. Mm -hmm. All it takes is a little brain. Nobody's got littler brains than Amos. (laughs) He's the cause of... 90% 90% of our fights. Oh, go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep, she tells me. Practically talks me into a funeral. <laughs> Gets her brother to seal my will. Keeps me up half the night with Gloria Goosey and Clam. <laughs> now she tells me, go to sleep. <laughs> Can't sleep. Never sleep another wink. Oh. <laughs> Hello. The phone's dead. It's leaking. Put down that bottle of bourbon. I'll get the phone. I wonder who's calling it. Oh, my leg. Put the lights on. The lights are on. Take off my sleep shade. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Blanche, this is Amos. What do you want, Amos? Hey, did you talk him into it? No, and I'm not going to try anymore. What are you talking about? Everybody's got to have a will. 
I drew mine up today. I left everything I have in the world to Jarko. John? Yeah? Amos said he drew up his will today and left everything he has in the world to you. Tell him I don't want her. <laughs> Amos, John says he's very pleased. Fine. And you know, one good turn deserves another. Sure, I'll talk to him tomorrow. Very important to have a will, Blank. There's a big case going on right now, and all the relatives are fighting over the dough because a rich old lady didn't file a will. Really? Yeah, she had $100,000 in cash and hid it in the bustle of her wedding dress. Hey, tell Jocko. John? Yeah? An old lady died, and they found $100,000 in her bustle. That's a lot of money to leave behind. <laughs> he says that's Never a lot... Never mind. I heard him. I'll bring my notary seal around tomorrow, Blanche. You better wait till I call you. Good night, Amos. Oh, dear. John. John. I've got that shooting pain between my shoulder blades again. Oh, let's have a look. Right here. It must be arthritis or a neuralgia. It sticks me like a knife. What is it, John? It's the price tag on your nightgown. <laughs> here. No wonder my back was hurting. Holy smokes, forty-eight fifty! Is that what that nightgown cost? Yes, I just bought it this morning. Oh! What's the matter, John? Now my back is hurting. <laughs> Good night, Blanche. This is Don Amici wishing you good days, good nights, and good luck until we meet again. to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner. Brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Folks, when you go downtown shopping or when motoring or hunting, take a flask of Horlicks malted milk tablets along with you. There's nothing like them for helping ward off fatigue or hunger. When you begin to feel tired or feel hungry, just dissolve a few of these delicious tablets in your mouth. They'll nourish you while you work. Keep you going at top speed when you aren't able to eat on time. Children love Horlick's malted milk tablets. They can easily carry a supply to school with them. You can get Horlick's malted milk tablets, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor. Either in the small, conveniently carried 10-cent size class, or in larger sizes. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. Well, yesterday... A Mr. Carter, representing the Southwest Oil Company, arrived in Pine Ridge to negotiate for the oil well that Lum and Abner recently drilled. He seemed very much interested in buying their holdings. And as we left them last night, Mr. Carter and Lum were in conference over the matter. As we look in on our old friends today, we find Lum and Abner down at their newly completed office. Evidently, an agreement has been reached, but the deal hasn't been closed. Listen. Now, what is it that he's going to give us besides that uh, $3,000 loan? Uh, royalty. You, you mean he's going to make a king out of you? No, royalty in the oil business, Abner, means that we'll get so much on every barrel of oil they get off of that land over there. Uh-huh. We get $3,000 cash money and 10 cents on every barrel it's sold. Yeah, well, out of heat, brother, Lom, we just sold a whole shebang for cash to start with and get out of all business. Well, we'll be out of it. We won't have a thing to do with it. We won't have no say-so or nothing. All we've got to do is sit back and get a check from them every month or whatever coming to us without even turning a hand. Well, now, uh, how much are we going to get every month, though? Yeah, that depends on how much oil they get. Yeah. They're going to clean the well we dug out good and put casings. And put what in it? Casings. Uh, you mean automobile casing, no, car? No, no, I don't know what it is, but that's what he said. I know it ain't automobile casing, though. Yeah. Says he believes it'll run two or three thousand barrels a day, then. Well, how much will that come to for us? Well, if it runs two thousand barrels a day, and he says it'll do that easy, 
That'll be uh, $200 a day we'll make out of it. $200 a day? That's what he said. And on top of that, they're going to drill some more wells over there. They're just going to drill all over that five acres. We'll get 10 cents on every barrel that's pumped out of there regardless. Okay, that does sound pretty good, don't it? It sounded awful good to me. <laughs> if they drill five more wells over there, say, and they're as big as that we got over there now, yeah. that'll be uh, $1,200 a day we'll get out of it. $1,200? $400 a piece for me and you and Grandpa. If I done figure that up. For the land, say. And we don't even have to be here. We can go off and vacate ourselves, go anywhere. Yeah. Just let them know where to send a check to, and it'll come every month. <laughs> That's what I call making your brain work for you. Yeah, well, now, uh, that's sounding better, all right. Yeah. When you said that all the cash we got out out was $3,000, well, <laughs> I thought you'd let him give you a skinny. <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah. Well, don't you ever worry about nobody giving me a skinny. I bet old grandpappa be tickled. <laughs> he didn't much want to sign that agreement yet to give me full authority to sell a company. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can tell that. No, no, he didn't. But that feller Carter said that's the only way he'd do business. Yeah. He told me he's just working for the Southwest Oil Company. He don't own none of it. He don't, huh? No. He's just representing the president. That's what I ought to get, you know, somebody to represent. Oh, that's right, I ain't president or nothing now. No. <laughs> I'm a retard jackal. Well, I don't know what I am, but I'm through working, I know that. I've hit my last tap. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't aim to ever turn another hand on as it is. No. <laughs> no. You see that piece of paper there on the floor? Yeah. I wouldn't even put myself to the bother of bending over and picking that thing up for ten dollars. <laughs> That's just how deep in it I am. <laughs> I wouldn't pick it up for a hundred dollars. That's right. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, uh, what is it? Oh, just a scrap of paper somewhere. Huh. No. Oh, that's that paper. I figure out how, how much money we're going to make on Yeah, I'll show right. that. See here. You want to show you. If they drill a hundred wells over there, I've got it up to a thousand, but if they drill a hundred wells over there and get two thousand barrels out of every one of them, that's two hundred thousand barrels. And we get ten cents a barrel. For the land, sir. And that cup. No, I never finished that. Oh, that's too much bother anyhow. Have a cigar, Abner. <laughs> we can smoke these things all we want to. <laughs> yeah, hello, we can take life easy now, huh? Just sit around and eat and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that reminds me, too. I'm going to hire somebody to do the cooking over at the place while Elizabeth is gone. I'm just about half starved myself to death here lately. <laughs> Kind of cook my own grub and, and eat it. <laughs> I ain't gonna hire no cook. I'm gonna start eating down at the hotel. At the hotel? Yeah. Don't that I'm just a good mind to do that with you, Long. Huh? Alright, now we might start eating over at Sister Simpson's. I believe she sets a better board. Yeah. It's a good idea. I never thought about that. Evelina eats there, too. <laughs> yeah, well, now that will be nice for you. Just sit there and eat and spark Evelina. <laughs> yeah, why didn't I think about that before? Yeah. And I believe I'll just call Sister Simpson up and tell her we'll be over there for supper. Yeah, that's the time. Just telephone her up. Tell her to have some fried chicken, hot biscuits, black-eyed peas, gravy, and mashed potatoes. I'll fix it up. Okay, I'm hungry. Hello? I could eat all. Sister Simpson? Uh, this is Mom Edwards. Yes, Mom. Uh, what are you going to have for supper tonight? As to what kind of pie she's going to have, Mom, I do know. Well, it is some of my business. I ain't getting inquisitive. I, me and Abner are sort of thinking about coming over and eating with you tonight. Yeah, think about it. I'm coming. I'll be there. Yes, Mom. Sure we aim to pay for it. <laughs> Spare ribs and backbone and fish, huh? Hey. Yeah. Well, it's fine. Yeah, me and Abner is coming over there to eat tonight, then. <laughs> yes, Mom. Tell her to have hot coffee. And, Sister Simpson, I just wonder if you couldn't sort of put me and Abner and Evelina over to the table by ourselves. Listen, I want to get close to Evelina. Yes, Ma, one of them big tables if you still got some of them. Stack it high. Put sideboards on it. All right. Yes, Ma, I know. Six o'clock. Yes, Ma. All right. Goodbye. And you never asked her what she charges, Mom. I don't care what she charges. I'll get my money's worth. <laughs> Hungry as I am now. <laughs> we don't have to worry about expenses now, no way. Oh, no, Lord. I don't care if she charges 50 cents. I feel like celebrating. Yeah. I might take Evelina into the county seat to a picture show tonight, too. Yeah, I'll go with you. Wait till she hears about this deal. I'm yeah, somebody at the door. Yeah. Yeah, we'll Mr. Carter's back with him. Yeah, yeah. Come in, come in. Well, howdy, Dick. Come in, Dick. Yeah. 
I just run over to see if you'd made a deal with that fellow on the oil well here. Well, we made a deal, Dick, but we ain't closed it yet. All I made a deal with him to where none of us will ever have to do another day's work. Yeah, sure did. I got a $3,000 in cash and a royalty of 10 cents a barrel on all the oil they get out of the ground over there. And they're going to drill a hundred more wells. Well, we don't know just how many they're going to drill at. How does that sound, Dick? Well, all right, Lum. I don't know what you made a good deal. Of course, it'll depend on how much oil you get out of that well. Yeah. Well, he says he believes when they get the well cleaned out good, it'll run at least 2,000 barrels a day. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. There must be a lot of it there. You wouldn't have struck it that close to the top of the ground. That's what I'm thinking. Yes, sir, don't know what you made a good deal, Lum. Uh, what's holding it up? You said you hadn't closed it yet. Oh, I've got the deed all made out to them, laying right here, but I want them to sign a paper relieving us of any responsibilities in the company. Yeah. Sort of like that and Squire Skimp made a sign when we bought that land off of him a while back. Yeah. Fact is, I copied it right off of that and Squire got us to sign. You've seen it. We agreed to assume all our debts and obligations here to forward and here and after made by the Pine Ridge Oil Company and stuff like that. Uh, you mean uh, that they're going to pay for all those barrels and the drilling of the well and all that? No, thing? no, we'll have to pay for that. But uh, if anything comes up later that we don't know about now, they can't hold us responsibility. To yeah, well, that's, that's a good idea, Lum. That's good business. Uh, when's he going to know about it? Well, he said he'd uh, have to get authority before he could make a deal like that. I reckon he had to telephone the Southwest Oil Company about it. Yeah, well, you fellas are mighty lucky, and I'm glad for you. Too. Well, thank you, Dick. I just wish you'd have been in with us on it. Love to see you get rich, too. <laughs> well, I'm sorry now I didn't go in with you when you fellas gave me a chance, Mom, but I can't blame anybody but myself. But now, if this boom keeps on, well, I'm making pretty good money down there at my store well, now. Well, that's good. Hey, we'll do our trading down there from here out, Dick. Won't argue about the price, neither. Wait, no, wait, wait a minute. Somebody at the door. Come in. Well, back already. Yeah, come in, Mr. Carter. Yes, I think we're all ready to close the deal now, gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Carter, shake hands with Dick Huddleston. How do you do, Mr. Huddleston? Glad to know you. I'm glad to know you, Mr. Carter. Well, you gentlemen won't talk business. I'll get on out of here. No, that's all right, Dick. Deal's all made. Well, I've got to get back to the store anyway, Lum. I'll see you after a while. All right, Dick. Yeah, here, sit down, Mr. Carter. Take my chair. Thank you. You say uh, that was all right with him to sign the dream in? Yeah. Yes, no trouble at all. And uh, if you have the deed ready, I'm ready to turn the draft over to you now. Well, give it time, Mom. Yeah, here's a deed all made out. That's yours. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the royalty contract where we agree to pay you gentlemen 10 cents on every barrel of oil produced on that particular five acres. Yeah. And here's the draft for $3,000. That's what I want to say. Now, that uh, agreement relieving us of any responsibility. Yes, here it is, all signed by the president of our company. Signed? Uh, Granny, how'd you get it signed so quick? Yeah. Well, the president of our company lives right here in Pine Ridge. Why, I thought the Southwest Oil Company was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. No, no, I'm from Tulsa, but the company's here in Pine Ridge. Mr. M.K. Skimp is our president. Maybe you gentlemen know him. M.K. Skimp? Well, I'll be dead blamed. That's Squire Skimp. <laughs> well, what do you know about that? If Squire Skimp can't get a thing one way, he will another. And now, folks, let's pay a short visit to the Barker home. As we look in on the scene, we find Mrs. Barker at the telephone, talking to her husband. Jim, I'm sorry to disturb you, dear, but I've got some great news for you. Your dad and mother are in town. Yes, they are. Came in unexpectedly this morning. Your dad's on his way up to the house now. He'll be here any minute. Isn't it grand? They may go back tonight, but they'll be here for dinner. There's the front doorbell. That's probably dad now. Hurry home tonight, won't you, dear? Goodbye. Oh, Dad. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> Not half as glad as I am to see you. How are you? Just fine. Here, let me take your thing. Oh, just leave them on the chair. Did I surprise you? You certainly did. What are you two doing up in this part of the country? Oh, well, I had to come up on business. I thought I'd drop in and pay you and Jim a visit. And I welcome you. <laughs> bet you are. This is a real treat. How that fine baby granddaughter of mine. Oh, just splendid. I was quite worried for a time, you know. Her food didn't seem to agree with her at all. But when I called in our family doctor, and he recommended Horlicks malted milk. And from the very first feeding, the baby started the game. And our problem was solved. You did just the right thing, my dear. You know we've always felt that it's Horlicks that saved your husband's life when he was a baby. He'd been losing weight steadily, and finally was so thin, we feared we were going to lose him. Then our doctor recommended that we try a wheat solution of Horlicks malted milk. Say, we were happy beyond words when we found that little boy began to perk up at once. It wasn't long then until we had a normal, healthy baby again. No wonder that I feel you're giving your little girl a good start in following her daddy's example. 
And, folks, there are thousands of families who have had similar experiences with Horlicks malted milk. Horlicks is a wonderfully nourishing infant food. And the easy digestibility of Horlicks makes it a food that delicate and tiny stomachs can easily handle. For youngsters, too, Horlicks is a great food drink. It will help your children to develop sturdy, healthy bodies, sound bones, and good teeth. This is Carlton Brickert, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlick, who now bid you all good night and good health. We'll be with you all again Monday night at this same time. to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. Because it is so nourishing and energy-giving, and because it is so easy to digest, a glass of Horlicks malted milk is a fine noonday luncheon. Delicious and refreshing, Horlicks at noon will keep you alert later. It won't leave you feeling drowsy as a heavy meal so often does. And here's another thing about the Horlicks luncheon. It doesn't have the excess of calories that a heavy meal has. That's why it's such a fine weight control lunch for overweight people. You can make a glass full of Horlicks quickly and easily, either at home or at your work. Mixed with water alone, Horlicks is an easily digested, energy-giving drink. Use sufficient of the powder and mix well to bring out the delicious flavor and aroma. You needn't add any flavoring or any raw milk unless you desire it. Try the Horlick luncheon tomorrow noon. You can get Horlicks, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor. And now, let's get ready for Lum and Abner. Well, the Pine Ridge Oil Company is no more. Lum and Abner and Grandpappy Spears sold their holdings to the Southwest Oil Company for $3,000 cash and a royalty of 10 cents per barrel on all the oil produced on the property. Well, after the deal was completed, they found that they had been the victims of another of Squire Skimp's schemes, as the squire himself is the president of the Southwest Oil Company. And the Mr. Carter, with whom they were dealing, was only one of his henchmen. <laughs> well, as we look in on Pine Ridge today, Squire Skimp has already taken full charge of the oil business. And so we find Lum and Abner over at Lum's house explaining the transaction to their old friend, Dick Huddleston. No, I don't believe there's any way for you to make him trade back. You've already delivered the deed to him. Yeah, but we gave him the deed before we found out Squire was the president of the company. Yeah, we thought the Southwest Oil Company was outfit in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, that telegram we got saying for us not to sell our property till they represent got you, that was from Tulsa. Oh, yeah, yeah. this fellow Carter's had come down here and made the deal with us. Uh, he's from Tulsa. Yeah, that's it. Squire just hired him to come out here and make the deal because he knew we wouldn't sell it to him. Yeah, well, I wouldn't worry about it, fellas. Doesn't make any difference who owns it. You got the $3,000 that he paid you in cash, and if you get your 10 cents a barrel royalty, well, you'll make just as much out of it this way as you would if you'd sold it to anybody else. Yeah, if we get the royalty. Yeah. That's what I'm feared of with Squire Skimp handling it. I wouldn't trust that fella no further than I can throw the fine. Yeah, we'll just have to sit over there by the oil well, and every time they haul a barrel of oil off the place, just put it down on a little book. Yeah, we can keep up with it that way, all right. Well, the thing to do is just have an auditor go in there once a month. Yeah, I could do that. Huh? Have a who go in there once a month? An auditor. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Ain't you never rode on a train, Abner? You don't mean to say you're going to run a train in there once a month. Oh, Abner, our auditor. Only we ain't going to run him in there. Yeah, a fella goes in there and audits the books once a month, Abner. Yeah, a fella goes in there and audits the books once a month, Abner. Uh, yeah. Sees that they're keeping things right. Yeah, sees that they're keeping things right. Tells them they ought to do this and they ought to do that. An auditor. 
That's a good idea. I'm glad I thought of that. That's a heap better than having to sit over in town every barrel if it hauls. I've been wondering how I could vacate myself and sit over there and count them barrels at the same time. Well, now, if you just want to lay around and rest, why, you could get yourself a hammock and just sort of lay over there and rest and count barrels too, huh? <laughs> yeah, and I'd about get to counting them barrels and count myself right off to sleep. <laughs> like counting sheep. Yeah. You squared that four or five hundred barrels slip by me for a notice. Yeah, well, of course, you could hire somebody to keep you awake. Well, all me, if I was going to hire somebody to keep me awake, might as well have them count the barrels. Well, sure, that's the thing to do. <laughs> yeah, just let them count the barrels, and you can lay there in a hammock and sleep all day. Vacate yourself. Yeah, it'd be a fine vacation. <laughs> it'd be a lot of fun. Lay out in a hammock all day by oil well right here in the dead of winter and try to sleep. Well, of course, everybody to their own notion. I know I wouldn't enjoy it, but if you want to do it, well, it ain't no business of mine. But I'll tell you now, Lom, I'd be awful careful about who you get to count them barrels. First thing you know, he'll about count himself off to sleep, too. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Of course, you could hire somebody to keep him awake, but uh, if he starts that, it just ain't no stopping place. He'd have to get somebody to keep him awake, and he'd have well, to get somebody Abner, to keep him awake. Abner, don't worry about it. Dick <laughs> just said we wouldn't have to count them ourselves. We'll get a... Get a, what'd you call him, thanks, Dick? Train. Oh, auditor, Abner. Oh, and I know there's train in there someplace. Abner, auditors, works on trains. You saw them going up and down the aisles, got their names wrote right on them, up there on a cap. Oh, you mean the fella that runs the store there on the train? <laughs> Does what, Abner? Runs the store, you know, sells soda pop and peanuts and apples and postcards and all that stuff. <laughs> News butchers is what he means, Dick. Oh, Abner. Auditor tells the engineer what he ought to do and what he ought not to do. Tells him when to stop and stuff like that. Well, the uh, kind of an auditor I'm talking about, though, is an accountant. Expert accountant. Bookkeeper. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, which? Which what? Which one of them are we going to get? I believe we better have the bookkeeper, Dave. That way I can help him. Well, it'll cost you a little something, but it'll be money well spent, especially with Squire Kemp in there. Drill some more wells over there, like you say. Well, you fellas have a nice income off that property. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and Abner and Grandpappy is dependent for the rest of our lives, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I'd have just druther to be in somebody else besides Squire Skimp we were going to have to deal with. That is, if I have my druther. Oh, well, if you keep a close watch on him, Lum, it'll turn out all right. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, what makes me so dead blame mad letting him put it over on us that way? Looks like every way we turn, we get mixed up with Squire Skimp and spot all we can do. Yeah, I'm sure glad we made him sign that agreement saying they'd resume all the responsibilities of the company. <laughs> if he bankrupts the thing or something like that, I don't want him coming back to us for part of the money. Yeah, well, it's a good thing to have him sign that all right. Yeah, you ought to come grandpap up out there now. I'm just coming to the game. Yeah, yeah, well, we can go ahead with the meeting. Well, you fellas, if you want to talk business, I better get on back over there. Uh, don't, no, don't rush off, Dick. We ain't going to talk no secrets. No. I just thought we better have a meeting of the stockholders and figure out how much we owe and then divide the rest of the $3,000 up quick, Yeah, I'm anxious to get my part of that, too. And for Elizabeth and Pearl. We've been so hard pushed for cash, I just had to... Leave them down there in Texas, leaving their relays till we can get some money out of this oil well. <laughs> Bet you're getting pretty lonesome for them, too, aren't you, Abner? Oh, my, yes. I've just been going around like a chicken with his head cut off. Well, uh, you fellas now are going to have a lot of time to loaf now. You sold your oil well and everything. Why, come down there in the store and see me. Come in, Grandpa. Yeah, hurry, man. Hurry. Well, hello, Grandpa. Yeah, how are you, Richard? Well, all right, fine. Lum and Abner, just tell me about the deal he made. Yeah, yeah, pretty good trade Lum made, I think. Yeah, sure was. Well, I'll see you fellas later then. Yeah. Come on. Sit down, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scat, scat, get out of there. Yeah, let Grandpa have the care of that, Geraldine. You better get on back there and see them kittens of yours. They'll be getting lonesome for you. Come down. There's a sulfur milk sitting under the safe back there in the kitchen (laughs) first. I swan long you talk to that cat just like she was a human. <laughs> oh, she's smart as most humans. <laughs> Understands anything, I tell her. <laughs> well, we better get the meeting started, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, let's get it over with. I never seen no use to have a meeting no way. Why, of course not. Well, uh, meeting is called order then. 
Secretary, I'll read the minutes. Now, last... Long, let's don't get into all that stuff. Let's get the meeting over with. All right. Well, we got to have a treasury report. Uh, who is the treasurer? That's right. Well, we got all the bills here. I can read them. Yeah, go ahead. How much did it come to, Ron? What, what did it all amount to? Then? Well, I ain't figured them up yet. Uh, Grand Pep, take that pencil paper there and set these figures down when I call them out. We got to add them up. All right. Let's have them now. Well, uh, first, I think we ought to stand and give a rising vote of thanks to the chairman of the board for making such an uncommonly good deal for us. Oh, Lom, we'll be here all night to start that kind of stuff. Let's get that money divided up. Well, Abner, we can't just jump right out in the middle of it. One, well, I've never seen a feller as missionary over money as you are in my life. Money ain't everything, you know. Yeah, maybe not, but it comes mighty close to being, I'll say that. All right, I'll stand up and give a rising vote of thanks myself. The harp strings of memory strikes a tender chord as I stand here. Now, long as you don't set that up, now, me and Grandpa both is going to get right up and walk right out of here right now. All right. You don't want things run the way they ought to be. We'll just illuminate that part of it. Well, let's get started. Here's the figures, Grandpa. You put them down. We stole day here over nothing. Lumber for building the office and uh, Derek on the oil well, uh, $373. And while I'm on my feet, I might mention that I happen to know that the chairman of the board talked Walter Bates down $5 on that bill. And don't get a body never know it. It don't sound like it's been cut down on Quit interrupting, Abner. Yeah, let Mom get done. Go ahead. Uh, Caleb Weehunt for drilling the well, uh, $50. Yeah, that's right. And he's worked every day since then. Fact is, he's worked night and day. Uh, his time runs to, uh, $96. Uh-huh. And Cedric's time mounts to uh, thirty-four dollars. Too much for Cedric. Now here's a bill for uh, all the barrels that uh, we bought in there at the county seat. Yeah, let's put the oil in. That's a uh, hardware company. Four hundred and fifty-six barrels at uh, three dollars and seventy cents apiece comes to sixteen hundred and eighty-seven dollars and twenty cents. For the land sake. Well, Abner, we had to have them. I don't care. It's too much money. Furniture for their new office, uh, two hundred and sixty-five dollars. All for you, too. I aim to take that back after we sold out, but Squire claims it went with the deal. Why, of course he would. Yeah, depend on him. Now, here's a bill from Dick Huddleston for $40. That's $40? For that, well, that's for that wire to fence off the ground over there. Keep folks away from the well. Oh, oh yeah, that's money well. And uh, here's a Caleb turned in a statement of the labor charges over there for the crew. And uh, he says they're getting impatient wanting their money, too. That's right. The whole thing mounts to $492.80. Yeah. All over it. Add that up, Grandpap. I think that covers everything. We can all three go into the bank tomorrow and cash this check and pay off these bills and then divide what's left up three ways quick. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing to do. And then I can go right straight to the post office and send Elizabeth a money order and get her and Pearl back home. Well, yeah, man, that totals uh, $3,030. $3,000? Huh? Wait a minute. Let me look at that. According to that, we owe $10 a piece. Undoubtedly, must be some mistake about that. <laughs> Well, so far, it looks like everybody in Pine Ridge has benefited by the discovery of that oil well, except the members of the Pine Ridge Oil Company. Mr. and Mrs. Baldwin have spent the evening visiting friends. They're on their way home now. Let's listen to them as they walk along talking. Did you have a nice time, Tom? Oh, fine. The fishes are lots of fun, aren't they? You bet, Mrs. Fisher, especially. Oh, Bert's kind of a bore, always talking about himself. Uh-huh. Seems to me you were doing a bit of that yourself tonight. Who, me? <laughs> I didn't have a chance. Every time I started, Bert interrupted me. I think Bert's very interesting, much more so than Martha Fisher. Bert, interesting? <laughs> That's funny. Well, I had a nice time anyway. Well, I didn't say I didn't have a nice time. I just said that I get kind of tired of listening to Bert. You know, Mrs. Fisher's certainly a real hostess. Wasn't that Horlick's delicious? The best malted milk I've ever tasted. You're not going to give Martha credit for that, are you? Well, why not? She mixed up that glass of Horlicks, didn't she? Horlicks is always delicious, no matter who mixes it. I could do every bit as well as Martha Fisher. Oh, so that's it, huh? You women certainly are a jealous lot. Nonsense, but I don't want to see Martha Fisher get credit for something that the makers of Horlicks are responsible for. Well, I'm willing to be convinced, but you'll have to prove it to me, though. I'll tell you what you do. Have a big glass of Horlicks waiting for me when I get home from the office tomorrow, and I'll let you know if it's as good as that that we had at Fisher's tonight. And let's get a big package of Horlicks. And we'll always have it on hand to serve to folks that we're entertaining. You know, everybody likes Horlicks, and that's a mighty fine late evening drink. Because it won't keep you awake later, as many beverages do. And there's a mighty good point, folks. One reason why Horlicks is such a wonderful drink to serve in the evening. Far from keeping you awake later, 
Horlicks, before going to bed, relaxes and soothes, helps you to fall asleep easily and quickly. And Horlicks is such a delicious, refreshing drink. As Tom Baldwin said, everybody loves Horlicks malted milk. You can get Horlicks, you know, in either natural or chocolate flavor. This is Carlton Bricker, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who bid you all good night and good health. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for 